Coming up in this episode of the KitCast, we talk about a new way to type on your smartphone and tablet, a way for your kids to make their bed, it just takes a zip, and a watch that is hot. So sit back and relax, it's time for the KitCast. Hey everybody, it is time for another episode of the KitCast, and of course we can't have a KitCast without the one, the only, the man who makes beautiful babies, Drew Tyler. How are you doing, Drew? (laughs) So good, so good. I'm glad you threw that in there because really that's all I'm good for. Yes, Uh, glad to be here. Oh, you are good for many, many things, Drew. I wouldn't have learned half the things I know how to do now if it wasn't for you. You wouldn't have gotten in half the trouble you've gotten in if it weren't for me. That's a good point, too. (laughs) Um, So if you guys have never seen the KitCast before, this is the show for crowdfunding projects. What Drew and I love to do is go out, find really, really cool crowdfunding projects and feature them on the show. We got three excellent projects out there but first before we go in there we want to kind of give you a little news in the world of uh crowdfunding yep. and our first set of news is actually we covered it two episodes ago and it is actually about the canada kickstarter or kickstarter actually opening up in canada and um they're actually finally taking applications for projects now um and they they're giving you a month to kind of get your project ready because they won't start launching projects until September. And so you have one month to kind of get all the stuff ready. And that's pretty much it. It's, uh, to be honest with you, it's pretty straightforward. The fees are very similar to what it is in the U S. Um, you know, you got the same rules and everything. Um, you might wonder, well, if the project's in Canada, can I back it or not? Of course you can back it. It's just going to, list all the goals in um canadian dollars but when you actually go in to do the um backing it will kind of give you the an estimate on it because the exchange rate changes that's my question is one one what do you think was like holding it up so that canada couldn't partake yet and then the other question is what what's the big difference i've seen a few like uh projects coming out of canada is it just that they're not just canadian money i mean what is that uh, so what happens is so far, if you're a, you have a project out of the country that you want to do here, and it's not one of the Kickstarter um, supported com- companies, what you have to do is you have to have a physical location or a business that's actually in the U.S. or in the, in the U.K., and then you can do it there. Because I've seen a lot of um, East, East Asian companies just go set up in the U.K. because they have really good relations over there. And then they'll set it up there, and they'll say they're based there, even though all the manufacturing is done overseas. And that's kind of... Fine with a Kickstarter on there, and then you just do everything normal. So it, it's good. I like how we're going to get a new infusion of uh, different people who are like wanting to jump into this crowdfunding things. And I hope, yeah, I, ho- I, I hope they listen to this show and listen to some of the things we gripe about all the time. Teach them a thing or two. And then what do you what do you think? Do they have plans to? push past the you know country of Canada into some others yeah. more quickly now? I, I, well, I don't know if more quickly or not because I'm probably what held them up mostly is just regulatory things, you know, mm-hmm. finding a bank broker or somebody that they can work with. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're doing this one in-house or not because um, in the U.S. they use Amazon Payments and in the U.K. I think they use a local broker over there, but it has some weird thing to do with the site integration. So I'm having a feeling that's why it took them a month was they wanted to get the code all ready and ho- hopefully make sure the servers are all scaled and whatnot because you know what happens on day one when things launch. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to crash your site, um, especially considering you have all these other projects that are going on. So they're all um, 
ready to go on there. So in a month, we will see some more Canadian projects, and I'm excited. Excellent. You know, Excellent. maybe they'll do like books that have A in it all the time. I don't know. <laughs> I... <laughs> It'll be books a boot, a boot the letter A, or books that are a boot saying sorry A. A. I got nothing. I just threw in everything I knew for cliches. I'm really, I'm not a candidate, a Canadianist. Uh, I don't know. Let's hope so. I think it'd be exciting. Um, always good to have fresh new blood. And that's pretty much all the news we actually have. So we decided to kind of go back and check some of our projects from last um, last episode. So we have the Tree Schoolers. They're funded, and they're yes. almost double what they wanted to raise. Yeah, they did really well. They're up to ninety-seven thousand seven hundred dollars. Uh, they got a stretch goal, which you know they've still got. What is, it, what is left on the? Uh, they had a couple. Of, I think they still had a week left, um, and three thousand dollars, and they hit a stretch goal, which adds an entire new episode. So the uh, the first push was for episodes one, two, and three, and with this extra push, they'll get a, a fourth episode. So that'll be really cool. Yep, uh, I'm excited for it. And then the Nubrella, they have about seven days ago yet uh, left, and but they only have. 50% of the way there. So look that one, you know, if you had put it as a track, this is a good time to back it so they can get that in final push to get o- to get over that Pretty hump. big push, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Bacon Playing Cards, they are about 80% and they need about $4,000 to go. I've backed this project personally, so you guys should skin go in do the it. Game. Yeah, and like I, I didn't realize this, but one of the backing levels, and it's the one that I got, Gives you a three month membership to get bacon treats. So every month oh. for three months, this guy's gonna send you different baking bacon oh. treats to you. And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> and now how close were they? They they only have four days left, but they were They they have um yeah, they have about four thousand dollars to go, which is pretty doable. Right, right. Know? They're and, they're way up there already. And I'm really hoping that you get all those last minute stragglers because I know a lot of people will hit that star and say, Remind me within forty eight hours. Of the project ending, and hopefully we can get more. They actually even added more. They have gold. There, there's actually a level where you can get gold flecked bacon. On nice. there. It's like it has gold specks nice. over it, and you can eat it. I don't think. Per, yeah, personally, me eating gold doesn't seem like a good ROI. But hey, <laughs> I would be. Uh, I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> I'd be scraping it off and seeing how much I can sell it for. <laughs> Before you eat it. Don't go scraping after you eat it. Like, yeah. I'm gonna find that goal. Right. Seems a lot easier before. <laughs> let's dive in. All right. So let's kind of go into our projects. Our first project is not that blank, Lord Third, is the True Grip. So this is a more E-R-E-W. Yeah. So this is actually a really interesting thing. It's a keyboard. So, you know, all of us have smartphones, iPads, and everything. And the one thing we've discovered, it sucks typing on all these devices. You know, there's swipe and you kind of get used to thumb typing and stuff, but it doesn't beat having a good old-fashioned keyboard. I mean, I even have a uh, keyboard for my iPad because I can't stand typing on the glass screen. I need tactile feedback on there. So the True Grip decided to uh, kind of take this in a different way on there because it's a QWERTY keyboard, but it's... Um, the keys are actually on the back of the device instead of on the front. So you're like going, what? How am yeah, I going to see the keys? Um, and what happens is, so you hold it up, and then 
on the front, there are actually little uh, displays that will light up and show you what key you're actually pressing at that time so you can actually can, um, start learning. And what's super, super interesting about this is if you've seen the video right now, the keys kind of go vertically on there. And what they actually did in these keyboards is they pretty much took your normal QWERTY keyboard, so your um, ASDF that you normally have, your home row keys, and then instead of having it going horizontal, they rotated the entire thing so it's almost like you're holding it. Uh, so so it fits into your hand. So like if you're holding it sideways, you're holding the keys vertical, and it's still ASDF, so you can type almost normally on there. Still there. That's And that was strange to me, but, but I guess it makes sense it, to hold yeah, something this it, way. So you can kind of keep going on that. Um, and I think it's a, and I think it's a smart thing to do because I have to, for my keyboard I have to use a flat surface. Um, typing on my laps okay, but it just doesn't feel right. I have to have a flat surface for this. It seems a good ergonomic because you're holding onto it, and then you can kind of type. But who knows? It might be a little hard to get used to, or you might accidentally drop it. But I think they've designed it in a way where it's pretty hard to drop when you have a grip you, like that. Yes, yeah, so I think you can hold on to it. It looked like. They have quite a learning curve on this. It's about seven or eight hours with it before you can get back up to the normal typing speed that you normally type at. Seems to be an awful long, uh, pretty steep learning curve. Yeah. But I could, see, you know, I could see a little benefit to having the ability to hold something in front of you and have your small device with a mini pad or, or an iPhone and still have, if you were fast enough, I could see some, some benefit to be able to hold something like that and... Yeah, and then some of the specs is Bluetooth 3.0, which is kind of weird. I think they'd use Bluetooth 4.0, but the more I talk to people and ask them about the difference between 4.0 and 3.0, some devices don't really benefit from going to 4.0, and it just raises costs. Um, so this might be one of them, um, but I'm not an expert in Bluetooth modules. That would make sense. Yeah, if you're only sending, like, like this would be, like, binary data. It's very simple, whatever you call it, like, letters. As opposed to like sound waves or other other Bluetoothy things, I'm yeah. guessing here. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um. So it has a normal range, you know, about thirty feet or so. But in reality, you know, it's going to be like fifteen if you have stuff in the way. But it's designed to like have the phone. Yeah, with, things with right you. There. So like, yeah, like, why would you really have it farther You're away typing, than yeah, that? It's if unless. I don't know. Maybe. I I think it's one of those checkmark things. Oh, we got to list the distance on it, even though yeah, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Um, ten hour battery life, which is good, since I know most tablets won't. Will well, I know my iPad will last about ten hours anyway. So if I got to go charge the iPad, might as well charge the keyboard while I'm at it. Um, uses micro USB, which is a gift and a curse because everything you charge is micro USB. But I just don't like how flimsy micro USB is. But that's that's a whole different topic on yeah, there. So and um, can support up to phones or tablets or phablets or what i don't know the line is blurring between all of those these days um up to seven inches giblets and, yeah and it's about uh one pound five ounces so it's not that heavy on there uh, add some weight though so if you don't like having extra weight this might not be the thing for you on there i think that's where i'm at if you're if i you know get my my thoughts on it i think that they have some pretty specific use cases in their video and they show how it will be helpful if you can't take a full laptop or if you you know need to to concentrate and talk to somebody instead of you know voice dictation so they have some pretty specific use cases but for myself it'd be hard to learn to type this even if i gave it the eight hours to figure out you know okay i i can program my hands to go from here to here but as, as sexy as it is because it, it looks very sexy it looks like a gaming control system it's kind of fun um, I would just, I'm, this is a track for me. I don't know that I'm that, it's 
I'm not one of their use cases. I feel like I'm fast enough with my double thumbs on texting and taking notes and I'm okay. And in my cases, wherever I'm sitting down to do larger stuff with the, with the iPad, I have a keyboard that Bluetooth and it's on a table. I don't, I don't really have any of those need to wander around or be bright, but yeah, that's uh, my take. So yeah, of course here at the KitCast, we have a back sack, back tracker sack. So you're saying, Track I'm, a, I'm a track. I'm a tracker sack. I mean, for me, it's, it doesn't fit for me, but I like I like how sexy it is, and I really like the T-shirt option that says "Don't be a pecker." That's I do like that. Yeah, that's, so that's, maybe that's what I. <laughs> yeah, that's true. For me, it has it's a track too because one, I am really really picky for my input devices. Like right here, I have a uh, mechanical keyboard that's actually sitting in front of me right now that I love. So I'm I'm really kind of picky on it. So I'd have to. I'm the type of person who have to try it, but I don't see myself as the use case for this. Because I have a phone, I have an iPad. Um, as much as I'd like to say that iPad is for business purposes, it's mainly me playing Simpsons Tapped Out on it, uh, or, <laughs> or or doing um, reviews for KTData.net on games most of the time. So yes, yes. I, I'm not I'm I'm not the person they're looking for. They actually had good use cases for say doctors and nurses and healthcare people who, you know, on the they, go. they they want to be on the go and they they have to use things like that. So that kind of makes a little bit more sense for me. And the only other issue I have is an issue I actually have with my tablet is I hate holding it for long periods of time because my arms are weak and feeble and they get tired quickly. <laughs> yeah, so who doesn't? Yeah, so um, that is for the uh, True Grip. True like Drew, you. Yeah, and so for our next project is actually another Utah project. I, I, I can't say enough. It's... Probably the most random thing ever, but I love seeing Salt Lake projects on there. So this is actually a couple from Utah, and it's called the Staymate. So this is actually um, kind of actually Drew kind of explain to people what the Staymate is. Right, I'll give you a rundown. Staymate. This is as they call it the world's most innovative children's bedding, and it is a bed that stays made. So this couple had some uh, just a normal problem which a lot of parents have and that is getting your kids to make your bed and and making the bed for the kids even when they would you know kids are out of school or they've gone for the day they mentioned that it's not the easiest thing to climb up on the top bunk and and tuck sheets again and pull things back up my girls kick off their sheets all night long and that was the other problem that these guys had the, the sheets get kicked off and then they're sleeping in the cold because the sheets all pop down to the bottom of the bed so here's what the stay made is and, and again, this one I watched and I was like, well, how, come, how come nobody's done this before? They went and applied kind of the sleeping bag-ish effect to the, to the bed. You have a base that you, that, that's just like a fitted sheet, fits all the way around the mattress, but it has two sets of zippers up the side. One for a sheet and one for um, a top, like, comforter or duvet. Or, I, don't know. I don't think you get kids duvets. That's crazy. So as a comforter. But they're fitted so nicely that you, your kids, you know, climb in. They sleep through the night. They, it's zipped down to the sides if you want it to be, or if they want to, they want to get a little restless. You can unzip it for the night. But in the morning, how easy is it for a kid to just grab that zipper wherever it is, pop it up to the top, then grab the comforter zipper, pop it to the top. The way they've designed it is crisp. It's clean. It looks great. Um, and as they point out, I'll second this as a parent. The bed is made. It doesn't matter how many toys are on the floor. The room still looks pretty clean. It's it's the combo of having an unmade bed and toys on the floor that's an unclean room. But if my girls, I'd say one, one day out of the week, they'll make their beds and surprise me. 
even even though I request it all the time. So the stay made, you've got they're looking for thirty thousand dollars and they're going to try and solve this problem. For me, it's a real world problem, and I absolutely love like their their design process and the materials. I mean, there's so many good things about this. I'm I'm excited. I didn't realize it was a Utah company until after we'd started looking at it. Yeah, and the funny the one thing I'm wondering is how come they don't make an adult version? <laughs> okay, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm not the most cognizant person. Well, I'm. It's not even that. It's like I'm not really cognizant in the morning. So sometimes I'm on just like on automatic, and I've found myself where sometimes I'll just forget because I'm like, oh, I'll do that in one second. Or other times, well, I'll do it, and I'm, and I'll look at them like. Did I? Why did I even attempt to make this bed? This looks barely any different. <laughs> and I, I get in trouble for making a bed. Early in my in my marriage, I I would like just throw up the sheath and then really make the comforter look nice on top. But as soon as we climb in bed at night, my wife would be like, "Oh, you didn't make the bed." And I was like, "Oh yeah, it's all at the top, but it'd be all wrinkled and stuff." So <laughs> this would be awesome to just zip it up and be like sharp and done. Plus, you know what would be great? She would not be able to steal the covers. That's because true. I, You'll I, just, I you know, stand your ground. Zip yeah. up on your side. What, what's she going to do about it? That's great. <laughs> the other thing I'll mention that I throw in this, they have a, um, and I believe it's one of the levels, but they talk about the, what they call the pea pod. And it's a zip-in, like, like they call it like a big pillowcase that's waterproof on both sides, top and bottom. So if you have a kid sleeping in a bed, but maybe the potty train or maybe the night training is still going on, throw them in a pea pod, any accidents, Zip out the pea pod and throw you know wash it while you put in a normal sheet or something. Anyway, yeah. I'm I'm on this one. This one is a definite back for me. Yeah, and I feel sorry for this kid. They had to mention in that in in that video they they mentioned their kids and like I forgot what his name is, but I <laughs> I feel yeah. like if you want to hide that video when you grow up, I I totally understand, man. He's gonna be like it's... 15 years from now. He's gonna be in middle school, and somebody's gonna bring that to an assembly and be like, ha ha, this guy peed the bed. <laughs> And it's, yeah, it's sad, but there there are villainous people out there. Yeah, um, and I love how modular it is, where you yeah. can kind of switch things out. So for me, it, it's it, it's actually a back too, and I don't even have kids or anything, but I love this idea and I think it's great. And um, kids are great. Are you sure? Kids are great. You can borrow mine for a day or two because I need a break. Are you sure? It's like. <laughs> Um, but that's another, I guess that's another, uh, area of debate on you guys. So that is definitely a back for me. So we got two backs on there. Two backs. We could, we could start the kid cast. How oh, and why to have, oh. how and why to have kids. <laughs> that's horrible. Moving on. All right. All right. So for the next one, um, if you guys remember way back, I think this, it was even a beta episode. It wasn't even a full on episode of the kit cast. Um, we talked about the Pebble Watch, which I'm still wearing right here, on here, and um, smartwatches. So after that, we've seen lots and lots of smartwatches out there, um, a lot of competitors and stuff. And I try not to cover a lot of them because really they're not that much different. This one caught my eye though. Um, this is the Hot Watch, and it is you know it's a normal smartwatch. It has all those functions. You can control your music. You got notifications. You can make phone calls and stuff but it actually has a unique private calling mode and it also has gestures yeah you you heard me right gestures so 
You can move your hand or you can do on-screen gestures. So um, let, let me kind of break down the different things on here. So the private calling mode is actually pretty unique. On the wristband of the actual watch, there's a directional speaker right there that when you cup your hand, that becomes your phone receiver. And since you're right here, you can see your watch band is almost right, same mouth level. There's a microphone right on the end of the band. So you're, this is what you're doing. You know, this kind of reminds me of the Dick Tracy yeah, watches exactly. or like Jetsons where they're like, hello. Or FBI stones. Yep. Yeah, so that is actually pretty cool. And apparently when you do it like that, people around you can't hear it because of the speaker being so directional. So you just have it cupped up to your ear. There's also actually another speaker mode on there. So I guess they have another speaker. Or it's the same speaker where you just hold it out and it will just broadcast out and you can use a speakerphone right there. So that's kind of cool. Um one of the other differences from the Pebble, I know they don't want me to mention Pebble because it's like their biggest competitor, but you got to have a baseline somewhere, is it's actually a full touch screen display. So you can actually do gestures. So I think you can do like a U letter and stuff. It will take you right to the call menu and other things. And it has a couple even hotkey um, shortcut buttons where you can press it that are fully programmable that will take you straight to maybe the stopwatch or your alarms and everything on there. So... And then you can do movement gestures. So I think if you wanted to make a call, you put your hand up like this. It will take you right to the phone dialer screen. And you can dial your phone from there and make your call. Um, there's also other ones that I don't remember how to do. But yeah, those different... There's a couple of... The end call, wave goodbye during a conversation, ends the call. Dial your favorite number, knock twice. Um, turn on the backlight, twist your hand to a read position. I mean, that's, these are some pretty cool gestures. Yeah, um, I don't know how often I'd use the gestures... But I think that it's kind of a really cool idea. This, like, honestly, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, wow. This is possibly the Pebble 2.0 right here. Um, but then I kind of, there's actually, they've, they've thought of everything. There's actually a version of the watch that you can get. It has an LED flashlight built in. You know, <laughs> that is no, no, like, because that's what people use their phones now in the dark is to kind of, see anything well you don't their whole idea of this is not to be not to pull out your phone leave it in your pocket and then you can do everything from this watch right here so they actually have a flashlight on one of the versions so you don't have to use the camera or the screen to kind of look for things in the dark on there um this one uses bluetooth 4.0 um it's a 1.26 inch e-paper display so similar display in what you find in the pebble which is good um it's a three-day standby time, so it's going to take about three days, and then it charges within 30 to 40 minutes, and it uses a proprietary charger. But yes. if you actually look at the page, they actually compare it to the thickness of a iPhone 5, and it's about the same thickness. Um, so it's pretty thin, and that's actually, let me do some quick on, that's, I think it's about on par to the Pebble, or maybe a little thinner, actually, on there. So, when yeah, the first time I saw it, I'm like... Yeah, this this could be the Pebble 2.0 that I've been waiting for. You know, I like my Pebble. I love seeing updates and stuff for it. But you know, uh, being a geek, I'm always looking for more. And what was what was their cost on the Pebble? Like, what uh, so the and the prices are actually comparable. Um, these actually uh, so well, the Kickstarter prices are comparable. Um, okay. I think I paid about around what they're asking for these prepaid levels, but I think they're about fifty dollars more. Than what you what you can get up a pebble for retail right now, but that makes sense because they got a touch screen and everything on there. A little couple yeah. more functions that you won't find on um, the pebble. But the more I looked into it, um, the more I kind of 
I, 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 at first I'm like, oh, this is a back right here. But the more I kind of learned about it, I have to say it's a track. And the reasons are, um, first of all, is if you look through their page, everything kind of looks all polished and whatnot. But if you look, there's actually um, disclaimers on all these pictures saying right, that they are prototypes only. So things can change on there. And I'm kind of not a fan of their designs anyways on there. Nothing's They're, grabbing you. Yeah, the one thing that grabbed me about the pebbles, like, ooh, that's pretty on there. And, like, these aren't, like, ugly. They're just not really anything that I really want to wear that often, to be honest with you, um, on there. So, and then the second part is the battery life. I had, when, when I backed the pebble, I was like, okay, this, okay, I, I'll have to charge it. No big deal on there until I actually in practice, I get about five days off my pebble right now. And after this five, I'm like, oh, I got to run to plug this in. This being only three days on standby time. So in reality, maybe I'll get a day, day and a half. Because yeah. I do get a lot of notifications on mine. That's going to, you know, I'm going to have to remember to plug it in almost every night. To make Which sure is... it lasts three days. Because the thing that even sucks more that I've learned after wearing this pebble is it's awesome when it's powered. And then you forget to charge it one day, and then midday, midway through your day, you look down, oh, crap, the screen's playing, like, oh, it's not charged. And then you hear your phone buzz, and then you wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, crap, my watch is dead. Now i got to go pick up my phone. I, it's, it sounds like it's the most stupid thing, but you get so used to being able to quickly look at stuff on your watch when you actually don't have it. Like, man, this sucks. How did I survive before this? I don't understand. Um, on there so that's actually and then with that and it's proprietary charger that's another thing about my pebble is like it uses a proprietary charger so that's another extra cable I gotta carry around with me I'm already what? carrying around HDMI cord three different dongles for my MacBook uh, two different charger two different uh, iPod sync cables one for my iPhone 5 and one for my iPod touch so adding another cable into that is not something i really want to do like key master (laughs) cable master (laughs) on there um but so those are kind of the annoying things but it still has its bonuses where the touchscreen's good the cool private calling thing is i think it's awesome idea on there and um them having a full sdk and their production schedule is a good thing because it should be out by december which may be a good or a bad thing because they're already double their their uh, goal, so if they get a lot of people, they're going to run into the same problem as Pebble is being able to scale it really quickly. Right, right. Because they're already way over that. So, and that that's kind of what pushed me towards the track on here. Um, but you know, if you don't have a Pebble already and you kind of want to experiment with a smartwatch, I would say this is a this will give Pebble a run for its money on there. Um, so I don't know. What do you, what do you kind of think about it, Drew? For me, and I think it's probably because I'm, I'm not a watch guy. I don't know. I, for me, it's a track, but it's like a long distance. I want to see the hot water come out and, and you know, live for a little while. So for me, I, as much as I like to think I'm an early adopter on this one, I don't know that I have a need for it. I'm not a fan of the watch. I really like cool phone cases. It's my wallet in my phone case. And so um, I know I, I like the idea. Maybe I'll need to borrow your pebble sometime just to see. I like the idea of being connected on my wrist as opposed to in my pocket. 
Um, anyway, for me, it's a long distance track. Yeah, I don't know. You you might just upgrade straight to Google Glass. On yeah, there. right. It's like I'm not gonna. Just don't need anything on my wrist. I need it in my periphery. Yeah, to, <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, that might be the difference. Uh, uh, I'm just not a watch guy. I've tried and tried to, to wear watches, and I just I, they never stick. They last for a week or two, and it's just I don't know what it is. Yeah, and then actually, Drew, that's actually all the uh, projects we kind of had. And this was, the funny thing is, this was a tough episode to prepare for because in our show notes, there's probably a good ten to fifteen projects that didn't make it yeah. that are kick cast cuts and i had a, a hard time picking some of these a lot of good ones yeah um i mean i mean some honorable mentions on there is there's a cosplay in america book that was actually recommended to us from bill duran the space prop gun guy that one looks cool um there's you appreciate a, good cosplay it did i mean it looks like she's gonna travel a bunch of different cities taking the professional co- and there's some amazing cosplay stuff out there so i, I like that one yeah there's um lead pants for pregnant people which is interesting or, as interesting as it is i'm not sure oddly enough I've... that's not the most odd project we had on the list i mean we had one that made adult bibs that didn't <laughs> quite make it on there and they they went the, they went the distance by putting like a tie picture on the bib and stuff so when you're in the car people think you're actually wearing a real shirt wow on there so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you guys keep an eye on uh What is that one called? Is it Pocket Pinafores? Is that yeah, it's it on Pocket Pinafores. It's pretty okay. much a bib. Look that up. Yeah, so make sure you guys keep an eye out on our Facebook page and our Google Plus page and our Twitter. I'll put them up as a kick cast cut a couple couple days after we get this episode published on there. And those are always fun to check out. Um and speaking of our Facebook page and our Twitter page, um you can always find us at facebook.com slash kickcast or at KitCast on Twitter, or on Google Plus at plus.kitcast.net. Um, if you like to do the email thing, you can always email us at kitcast at ktdata.net. And, um, of course, LaserNorm over the, always in the chat room right there. Come join LaserNorm and talk about all these crazy projects, because some of these projects are really crazy. Um, and you can see that at live.kitcast.net. And, of course, we do this show every two weeks, so our next week show will be August 20th. 2013 Ooh. that would be wow you know what that means for me though that means i'm going like school starts again oh, man. <laughs> i have four months of vacation and then it's back to the grind back to but the grind. so yeah so i'll be there for that that will be fun times um drew you got anything else to plug for the show i'm good i'm pretty i'm pretty excited about the ones we talked about i'm really happy to see the ones from two weeks ago that are you know funding and doing well um it's fun. It's fun to see projects come to life and look for it. I think sometime in the near future, two months, month or two, I may have a project of my own. I'll be pushing Ooh. of things to come. Yeah, cool things. All right, Drew. As always, I love it having you here on the show. It's always fun, and I always wonder where the time goes because yes, I'm like, oh, <laughs> we've been together for an hour plus. Yeah. Um, thank you, Laser Norm, and everybody else who watches. Even if you don't watch live, I know you guys are out there. I love all of you. You guys are awesome. If I could go and hug all of you, I would. <laughs> you would. You would. Yeah. I'd give you a slap on the back and be like, what's up? Yep. So I'll we'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.